From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Estate planning is something everyone needs to think about, but it's especially important for those who have a chronic disease or a child with a disability. Tim Doolittle is here to explain the basics of estate planning. He's an attorney with the Wallatis Law Firm in Syracuse who specializes in estate planning and special needs planning. Welcome, Mr. Thank Doolittle. You. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Let's start with um, some basics. I think it's easy to confuse Medicaid and Medicare. Sure. So tell us the difference. Okay, so Medicare is um, what every American has the right to once they turn 65. Um, you've paid into the system for a very long time, and it's sort of a social safety net that the federal government has set up. So when you turn 65, you're automatically eligible for Medicare. There are other ways to become eligible for Medicare uh, before you turn 65. Um, one of those ways is after receiving two years of Social Security disability, um, you are automatically eligible for Medicare. Okay. And so Social Security disability may be for some medical reason. Sure. Uh, Social Security disability um, would be an income you would receive if you have a disability, and because of that disability, you are unable to work. Okay. So everyone eventually uh, qualifies for Medicare if they live long enough. Correct. Okay. And then so Medicaid... Medicaid is a needs-based program. So Medicaid is a program where if you meet certain income and resource tests, you become eligible for Medicaid coverage. And Medicaid coverage will basically pay for more things than Medicare will pay for. So it could pay the most obvious thing that people think about is nursing home coverage, having Medicaid cover for nursing home coverage. Um, But it also comes into play with children with disabilities to cover their um, services that they may need in the home. So would some people qualify for both Medicaid and Medicare or get both at the same time? Absolutely. Um, A lot of times you'll have people over the age of 65 who will be on Medicare and then have Medicaid kind of supplement their Medicare coverage. Okay. Do what together do they cover everything you need or is there still a need for health insurance coverage too? If you are meeting the income and resource limits, Medicaid will cover everything that you need. Okay. All right. Well, we touched on, you mentioned Social Security disability, but let's, what, what is Social Security? There, I, there's three different types of payments? Sure. for. So the most obvious that everybody knows about is the Social Security that you receive once you retire. You know, you have the taxes taken out of your check okay. every week or every, bi-weekly. Um, and then when you turn 65, you're able to collect from that Social Security. So that's the standard Social Security payment. Um, there's also supplemental security income. Um, That's governed by the uh, Social Security Administration, and that's income that they provide for individuals who have a disability and are not able to work. Um, This is a very, very uh, limited um, income. The resources you're allowed to have are limited to $2,000. So if you have over $2,000 of resources, you will not qualify for SSI. Okay, and what is the third type? The third type would be the Social Security Disability um, Insurance. This is Um, If you're disabled and you've paid into the program for a long enough time, you may be eligible for payments that would be greater than the SSI payment you might receive. Um, And also, um, disabled adult children are able to collect on their parents' record for SSDI. Um, So if a parent is retired, an adult disabled child can collect from half of their parents' um, Social Security payments. So that's a great program. Okay. All right. And that, um, this is a federal, pro- this applies across the nation. This is nationwide. This is a federal program. All right. Um, what about long-term care policies? Do they play a role in helping take care of someone with chronic condition or a disabled 
Certainly. Um, if you are lucky enough to have long-term care insurance that you've been paying for um, prior to you needing long-term care coverage. Because you can't get it after you need right, it. Right. It might be a little <laughs> expensive afterwards. Um, that'll be a set amount of money that can be spent towards your long-term care. So you might have a policy that would cover $250,000 of care. You can draw from that to pay for a private nursing home and get great, um, great care in that private nursing home. So that okay. is a great option to consider. That some people might have. So, mm-hmm. so what happens um, when a child, let's talk about children with disabilities. Sure. What happens when that child reaches 18? So when that child reaches 18, um, their parents lose um, their legal authority over that child to make the decisions for them with regards to their medical decisions. Just um, like with any... With any 18-year-old, yep. So what parents might consider is uh, a guardianship proceeding or um, preparing some documents known as a power of attorney health care proxy so that they can remain involved in their child's life. So a guardianship, is that something you have to go to a lawyer for or go to a judge? You can go to a lawyer for guardianship. Um, there are programs that the court has to help you do it yourself, um, but a lawyer certainly can make it easier. Um, if you're dealing with a child who has a developmental disability, there's a separate um, guardianship proceeding for that. And if you're dealing with an adult who has lost their capacity in their old age, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that, there's a separate guardianship proceeding for that as well. Okay. Okay. So um, if, if a parent goes that route, how do they ensure, I guess they're taking guardianship, they're keeping guardianship, they're mm-hmm. not setting up a guardian for in the case of if, if in their demise. Correct. This would be effective once the judge approves it and it would stay in effect for that child's entire lifetime. And they would name a successor beyond them to replace them as the guardian. Do, do you get into powers of attorney and healthcare proxies when you do this guardianship too? Or? Um, you, they're kind of one or the other. Um, if a judge appoints a guardian for an individual, they're saying that that individual does not have the mental capacity to make decisions on their own. So a power of attorney and healthcare proxy are great in the situation where the child has mental capacity or the adult has mental capacity, but you want them to have a person to help them out, pay their bills, you know, go to the doctor with them, be able to talk to the doctor about everything that's going on. So that's where the power of attorney and healthcare proxy come in. Wonderful. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Tim Doolittle, an attorney who specializes in estate and special needs planning. So let's look a little toward the future um, in terms of estate planning. This is something everyone needs regardless of whether there's a disability or chronic disease, but um, what, what are some of the special concerns that someone with a disease or disability needs to sure. be aware of? So somebody um, who has a child with a disability, um, if that child is receiving public benefits, you have to have a very specialized estate plan to make sure that um, that child can still have money for their benefit, but not lose public benefits. What I see a lot of times is a grandparent leaves a child with autism, you know, a certain amount of money to help them out. Little did that grandparent know that might kick the child off of their public benefits that they need to uh, maintain their Medicaid coverage or their SSI or something like that. So what you can do with a specialized estate plan is set up what are called special needs trusts. Um, These are federally approved trusts that allow people to leave money for the benefit of a child or an adult with a disability and not put their public benefits in jeopardy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. Is a, a will, Does that would that be covered in a will? It or? could be covered in a will. You can have what's called a uh, testamentary special needs trust, 
and that is where the trust is set up once the will uh, goes through probate, that is after the parent dies, and you're starting to uh, distribute the parent's assets. Or you can set up the special needs trust during uh, the child or the parent's lifetime for the benefit of the child immediately. Okay. Is a will the same as an estate plan? Yes. Uh, will is. is part of an estate plan. Okay. So an estate plan could be just a will. It could be a will and a trust. It could be a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy. Um, those are all things that you would want to consider in forming your estate plan. Do you still need an estate plan if you don't own property? If you do not own any property, I suppose you do not need an estate plan. Um, but, you know, everybody has a bank account. Everybody has, you know, something, it's something not... that they want to pass on to somebody else. Okay. Um, if you do not have a will in place, there's a state law that covers exactly where things go. So if you want to make sure things go where you want them to go, you have to set up a will. Now, some of these um, chronic diseases don't appear until later in life. So do people, I, I mean, do you plan for it ahead of time and then you just get lucky if you end up having that and then you do have a plan for it? Or can you put these plans in place after mm -hmm. you're diagnosed with? So a lot of times I see, I have clients come in, you know, they're 70 or 75 and they're thinking about what happens if I go into a nursing home? How can I sort of protect my assets? Um, there is what's called a five-year look back period if you're doing any sort of planning to protect your assets, um, you do have to start planning five, in years, advance, in, in five advance. years in advance. Five years in advance. Okay. So people do need to think about these things before um, that chronic condition might come into play. Okay. So tell us what we need to know about regular trusts. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the special needs trust, but do um, is there a reason to have a trust? Sure. So um, what I would consider important for this program is if there's an adult with a chronic illness and they know that they're going to pass away, um, you know, in the next few years because of the diagnosis they received, and they have children who might be not mature enough to receive an inheritance, they can set up an ordinary trust under their will to sort of protect the money until that child is able to um, be mature enough to have that money on their own. You and don't want Johnny decide. going out to buy a Ferrari or something okay. like that with an inheritance. Um, you can set up a trust under your will, name a close confidant, the trustee, and then that trustee can decide when the money is distributed to the child or for the benefit of the child. So can the uh, parent decide when they want that uh, time frame to be? Absolutely. They can say, you know, at age 25, they can say at age 30, okay. it's whatever the parent wants to do. What are first versus third party special needs trusts and how do the distributions work for those? Sure. Um, so a first party special needs trust is a special needs trust that you set up when an individual that has a disability and is on public benefits, maybe they receive that $100,000 inheritance from their grandparent and it's going directly into their name. Federal law allows you to protect that money and use it for that child's benefit, but it has to be in what's called a first party special needs trust. Now the reason that these are different from any other special needs trust is that there has to be a provision in that trust where there's a payback to the state Medicaid department um, once that child passes away, if there's money left in the trust. So the, a first party special needs trust is essentially when you're trying to protect the individual that's receiving public benefits, their own money. That's where you get the first party. Okay. So third party special needs trust is where you're setting up a trust with anybody else's money in the world. It could be the parents leaving the inheritance specifically to a trust it could be a grandparent that has extra money right now who wants to leave it for Johnny right now. They can set up a third-party special needs trust for the benefit of Johnny. 
he gets the benefit of that money, but it doesn't put his public benefits in jeopardy. Okay, but at the end, if uh, when the child passes away, the money does go to the state. Only with a first party. Special Only with the first party. With a third okay. party, the uh, person who sets up the trust gets to decide where the money goes when the child passes away, if there's still money left in the trust. Can that money be used for, um, like, a nursing home care or something later in life, or are there stipulations about what it can be? So spent it's on? not. It cannot um, pay for anything that Medicaid's supposed to cover. So if, ah. if a person has Medicaid and they're receiving nursing home coverage, then the the special needs trust can't provide for that. But the point of these trusts is to supplement the individual's life beyond public benefits. So if the individual wants cable TV, they can pay for that every month. If the individual um, needs to go on a vacation, the trust can pay pay for for a vacation. Everything that you could think of that would supplement their life beyond what public benefits provide for. So the trustee would be the person who kind of works with the individual and people close to the individual to figure out what would be for the best benefit of that individual. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for talking with me about estate and special needs planning, Tim Doolittle. Um, And I also want to let listeners know they can sign up to attend a seminar you're participating in on Thursday, May 18th from 3 to 7 p.m. at Oasis in East Syracuse. Um, People can learn more by calling Upstate Connect um, 1-800-464-8668 or 315-464-8668. Uh, It's a free seminar from 3 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, May 18th. I'm Amber Smith, and this has been Upstate's HealthLink on Air.